I want to talk today about what's going to be necessary for us as Coastal Gloucester. We are a part of Coastal Community Church. We're one church, multiple locations, so we're all doing the same work, but our particular assignment is the Middle Peninsula starting right here. So it's going to require some things of us. There has been so much that has been granted to us by Coastal Community Church as a whole. I mean, so much that's going on here financially has just come from our, from our church and our leadership that have a vision for this ministry. But the work is going to be us. So when it is uh, time to work, it's going to depend on us because nobody can do this by themselves. We have some, some paid staff. I'm paid to be doing this. I still work three days a week down in Yorktown and then Sundays and another day a week uh, each week. Eventually, I'll be up here. And uh, in time, we'll be adding more staff. And all of those things are great, but we can't do it just with paid staff. Uh, between here and Coastal, uh, between here and Yorktown, everybody all together last Sunday, kids included, we were over 2,000 people. Uh, so Coastal is a church that is getting way too big for one person. So we're going to have to do it together. Nobody can do it alone. So I want to read a story that I read some months ago to some people uh, here. And uh, if you've heard it before, just kind of laugh politely while we're going. But, uh, this is... Uh, I don't know that it's really from an insurance form, but it's really interesting to me. You'll get the point. Dear sir, I'm writing in response to your request for more information concerning block number 11 on the insurance form, which asks for cause of injuries, wherein I put trying to do the job alone. You said you needed more information, so I trust the following will be sufficient. I'm a bricklayer by trade, and on the date of the injuries, I was working alone laying brick around the top of a four-story building. When I finished my work, I realized that I had about 500 pounds of brick left over. Rather than carry the bricks down by hand, I decided to put them into a barrel and lower them by a pulley, which was fastened to the top of the building. I secured the end of the rope at ground level, went up to the top of the building, loaded the bricks into the barrel, and swung the barrel out with the bricks in it. I then went down and untied the rope, holding it securely to ensure the slow descent of the barrel. As you will note on block number six of the insurance form, I weigh 195 pounds. Due to my shock at being jerked off the ground so swiftly, I lost my presence of mind and forgot to let go of the rope. In the vicinity of the second floor, I met the barrel coming down. This accounts for the bruises and lacerations on my upper body. Regaining my presence of mind, I held tightly to the rope and proceeded, slowed only slightly, up the side of the building, not stopping until my right hand was jammed in the pulley. This accounts for the broken thumb. Despite the pain, I retained my presence of mind and held tightly to the rope. At approximately the same time, however, the barrel of bricks hit the ground and the bottom fell out of the barrel. Devoid the weight of the bricks, the barrel now weighed about 50 pounds. I again refer you to block number six and my weight. As you would guess, I began a rather rapid descent. In the vicinity of the second floor, I met the barrel coming up. This explains the injuries to my legs and lower body. Slowed only slightly, I continued my descent, landing on the pile of bricks. Fortunately, my back was only sprained and the internal injuries were minimal. I'm sorry to report, however, 
that at this point, lying on the pile of bricks and unable to move, I once again lost my presence of mind and let go of the rope. As you can imagine, the empty barrel crashed down on me. I trust this answers your question as to the cause of my injuries. Please know I am finished trying to do the job alone. We cannot do things alone, right? We are here to be in this thing together. I want to go to Philippians today and look at several uh, short passages of Scripture uh, where we see Paul writing to a group of people some very important truths about ministry. Philippians, the church at Philippi, is a, is a wonderful study in uh, the beginnings of a church that's different than most that we're acquainted with. Uh, and it's a church that really got quickly into a heart for missionary service and was very active in their support of Paul. And fundamentally, Philippians, the whole letter, is written to the church at Philippi as a thank you note for a gift of resources, financial resources, that Paul had just received from them. Of course, it's under the inspiration of the Spirit of God. It's scripture, but that was his human motivation. Let me read for you a few verses beginning in verse 3 of the first chapter. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. First thing I want to challenge you with today is that we're going to need to participate together. We are going to have to work together to to join in together to make this happen. This is not something where, church is not designed to be something where we, we, we pay our money every week when we come and then we pay the professionals and, and maybe a few part-time people besides to make sure that the work gets done. That's not the intention of scripture. It's certainly not how we get effective together. One of the things I think is really important is to note that Paul recognized that these people were praying, and his whole letter is in the context of praying. He says, I, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, in every prayer of mine. He's constantly referring to the fact that he is praying for them, and he understands that they are still a praying people. How do I know that they have been a praying people? If we went back to Acts chapter 16, I won't take the time, but jot it down and look back there later. When Paul first went to Philippi, he showed up and there was no synagogue. There was no, there was no place for them to meet together as, as Jewish believers. In, in that day, you had to have 10 men who were committed to it to be leaders in a synagogue to establish an actual synagogue. They didn't have that many. So what did Paul do? In, in chapter, I think it's chapter 13 or, 12, or verse 13 or 12 uh, in there in chapter 16. It says they went out of the gate, went out of the city, and they went down to the riverside where they supposed there would be people praying. And sure enough, they went there and they found this group of people praying. And it turned out to be a group of ladies and the, so the story in, in uh, Acts chapter 16 goes on to explain how that happened and, and who was there and kind of how the beginnings of things took place. It was so incredible to me, though, that this is a group of ladies who met by the riverside and banded together to pray. 
It is vitally important that in our participation together, we recognize that that's prayer. We have a prayer team. We have a prayer chain at Coastal that is almost 70 strong, that every time our prayer requests go out every week, if you fill out a uh, a connect card, if you put a prayer request on the back of that thing and say this is for publication to everybody on the prayer chain, that's who it goes to. There are 70 people each week who will be praying for that prayer request. A subset of that group is our prayer team, people who are committed to uh, being involved in, in a regular meeting for prayer. There are two of them, one on Saturday evening, one on Sunday evening down at Yorktown, and there will be one happening here as well. And we have people on the prayer team, and the prayer team people are then also available for people who respond after services. Prayer is a significant and vital part of this ministry, and I need you to be praying for this ministry. Paul said he had joyful thanksgiving. There was something about this church at Philippi that when Paul thought about them and prayed for them, there was joy in his heart about it. I want to be careful because I know this is on the, on the web and there may be people who would listen who've been in former churches that I pastored. It has not always been joyful. I won't say any more than that. Is that okay? I love being part of the pastoral team at Coastal. It is a joy. Not everything's perfect. Not everything is without stress or strain. But I tell you, uh, the people of Coastal are people that are a joy to shepherd. And uh, I thank you for that. And I am really grateful. And I, I hope that that will continue. Because there is something attractive about that, right? When you, when you show up at a place and you, you realize people are happy to be there and they're happy to have you be there. Boy, what a, what a testimony that is to, to people who are coming in from outside. Joyful thanksgiving. And then he, he says, I thank you specifically for your partnership. It's the word for fellowship. I come from a background in, in Baptist churches, and we are connected to the Southern Baptist Convention loosely and participate with them in their missions. But when you hear the word fellowship, what do you think of? Food, Right? I'm here to tell you, partnership, the word here for partnership is more than a casserole, okay? It is not just when we get together and have a fellowship supper, right? A fellowship meal where we sit and eat together. It is a partnership working together, joining hands together, joining our hearts together. They had helped to see that the gospel would be spread literally through giving financially and sending a gift to Paul. He didn't travel around to churches like missionaries sometimes do today and raise support so that everybody sent everyone. They just said, we are so burdened about this thing, we're going to give to make this happen. And so Paul took that gift and used it to support himself along with some, some work that he did on the side making tents. And, and, but they were, they were invested. They were invested financially. Listen, I, I hope that you're giving faithfully to the Lord through the ministry of Coastal Community Church. I, I believe in my heart that our first priority in our giving ought to be through our local church. I hope that you're doing that. These people gave. And you got to know, I, I realize that things get tight, but a, a phrase Pastor Sean used often in, one, in a capital campaign a while back, I, I think is 
really a valuable phrase. We don't worry about equal giving. We worry about equal sacrifice, right? We want to all be committed to giving faithfully so that the work of God continues, can continue. It costs money. It costs money to buy TVs and sound equipment and paint walls and clean buildings and turn the lights on and have the heat on. All that stuff costs money. It costs money to pay people to take the lead in various ministries. It's, it's really vitally important that we give, and it is vitally important that we pray. So we have to participate together. Go down to the end of this first chapter, and I want to encourage you that it is also important that we serve together. Verse 27. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. Standing firm in one spirit. That is, if you want to call it that, it's our essential unity. It is the, the thing that holds us together just in, our, in our, our unity with one another, personally, in one spirit, at least is an inference to the Holy Spirit. It's at least a suggestion that it is in the Spirit of God that we are unified together. It's desperately important that we do that. Both Jew and Gentile, Paul said when he wrote to the Ephesians, have access in one spirit to the Father. We are together because we are together in Christ. We're not, we're not just a local body of believers. We are a body of believers in Christ, and we're just a local manifestation of this larger thing that God is doing in the world, and we get to be part of that. It's a really amazing thing, and we need to stand firm. We'll talk about that phrase again when we get this season, this uh, series going next week in Ephesians chapter 6, that having done all, we are to stand. That doesn't mean having done all, we get to be obnoxious and, and brutal, but there is something about standing firm together, locking arms and, and standing together that is desperately important. And striving side by side, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel on the same team. There's a, there's a word in this Greek word that sounds very much like athletics. It's a, it's a word that describes people on the same team, working together, working toward the same goal, trying to be engaged in the same activities it was used of gladiators back in, back in the day that Paul wrote. Uh, if, you, uh, if you remember Maximus in uh, the movie Gladiator, right? As they were all together in that Colosseum and all of the army comes in with their shields and their spears and their bows and their chariots and horses and the slaves are there huddled up all they get is a, a little spear and maybe a sword in their hand. Maximus hollers to them, we stand a better chance of surviving if we stay together. Listen, uh, not to be a pessimist, because I am super excited about the, the impact of the church, but it's not going to get easier. It's going to get harder. 
Uh, it's going to get more difficult. It's going to become more and more frustrating to us to realize that the government is not going to make it as easy as it has in the past. It's going to get harder and harder. Our culture is going to make it harder and harder for us to stand. Our culture is going to make it more and more difficult to do this thing called Christianity, to impact the world for Christ. We need to do it side by side, not on our own. We need you to serve. Okay. Unashamed plug here. So take this little card that's in your bulletin. If you don't happen to have one, I conveniently have more out at the welcome desk, so you can go get one. So no one should leave here without one of these cards. We need you to serve together. Some of you are football fans. I've been told that football is an event where 22 people on the field are desperately in need of rest and 90,000 people are in the stands desperately in need of exercise. <laughs> I think that could be true. It's a team sport and everybody on a football team has a specific task that they're to accomplish and if they don't go to that spot in the field where they're supposed to go, it looks really bad when the, when the quarterback throws the ball and it goes nowhere to nobody or when the quarterback gets trounced by the opposing team because somebody didn't stand their ground in their spot. And that's just a game. And we hoot and holler and yell and scream at the TV and can't believe they did it that way. I need you to be on the team. When it comes to what's going on at Coastal Community Church, I wanna, I wanna make sure you understand something. I have no interest in just building an audience here. We are staging an army, okay? I don't care if we have 500 people showing up. If most of them aren't doing anything to serve God, we're not doing our job, okay? I need you to serve. I don't just need you to serve. You need you to serve, okay? I have said it before. I'll keep saying it so that you can't ever forget. People say, when are we going to two services? Listen, it's going to be standing room only in here until we have enough people to staff two services. We need you to volunteer. I cannot, I will not overwork our people. Uh, there is a lot of work that goes on here every morning. There are people showing up here before 7 o'clock every morning on Sunday to start getting things ready. Worship team, coffee people come, not all that long after that. Children's ministry workers are here. The greeters and ushers are here. People who help you get parked in an orderly fashion. All of that stuff takes people to volunteer. I need you to do that, okay? If you've never filled one of these out, please make sure you do that. Again, conveniently, I think it's right there. That little brown box, and there's one on the window on the other side, and there's one on the welcome desk. Drop it in before you go, fill it out before you leave, because if you take it home, you will either lose it or you'll tuck it in your Bible. And unless you tuck it in the New Testament, you probably won't see it again for a while. <laughs> we need people to serve in our family ministries, like we talked about earlier in the announcement time, our kids' ministry. We have sufficient people for right now. We can do it with what we've got for right now. We need at least double the number of people if we're going to go to two services. I need 25 people 
to say, I will commit to serving in children's ministry once a month. I, cannot, I can't afford, we cannot afford to have people say, yeah, but I deal with my kids all week long. I'm going to break when I show up at church. We can't have people say, I already raised my kids. I did my time. I don't want to have to deal with kids again. If you can get along with kids, if you especially have a heart for children, we need you to sign this card and check off Coastal Kids. You can even pick if you want to help with the check-in over here. Our check-in is really important, and we, our security of our kids is really important. It's not just an extra place for, to fill. We want to make sure our kids, we know who's here, where they are, and exactly who is responsible for them at all times. Age groups are there. Sign up. Be part of what's going on with the children's ministry. Come this fall, we're going to start youth ministry. We're going to have both middle and high school meeting here on our campus starting this fall. We need people to serve. Nate is going to be leading our youth ministry out here at, at the Gloucester campus. He needs people to step in and help serve. We have not only a big meeting with our young people, but they meet in small groups. We need people to serve. Music. Now, I realize that's a little more specialized. How do I say this delicately? I'm not sure there's a good way. If you can't sing, please don't volunteer to sing. <laughs> it's okay. No, not everybody can sing. You know, that's a, a joyful noise is wonderful when there's 150 people standing around. But you have to audition, okay? So if you have a particular skill that fits here, get a hold of Nate. He will give you an opportunity to audition and we can get you involved. You can help work with the media stuff. There's a lot of stuff to do that has to do with our worship. First impressions. We need about 30 people every time we hold a service to do first impressions, if you can imagine that. Between greeters, ushers, people to take care of coffee. You like walking in, having a cup of coffee? I do. Man, I have one less cup at home because I know as soon as I walk in, I can go straight for the coffee counter. We need people to man the welcome desk. We need people out in the parking lot to help park people. There's so much going on. You can sign up to be part of any of that under first impressions, okay? Please don't assume somebody else is going to do that. You miss out on the opportunity to be part of what God is doing through Coastal Community Church in, on the Middle Peninsula. I really I can't emphasize enough. I need... About 25 more people. Before we will go to two services, I need 25 more people to serve in children's ministry. I need about 35 more people to serve in our first impressions ministry. Okay? Everybody clear on that? Don't leave until you have filled out one of those cards. And I'm not providing lunch, so fill out a card before you go. Okay? Honestly, some of these things require you to be a member. Some of them we just... You can get started before you finish membership. That's okay. We'll get you going. All right? Good. Striving side by side together. And it says with one mind. Literally, it means with one soul. It means we're, we're after the same stuff. We're headed the same direction. Here's our, here's our uh, vision and our, our mission at Coastal Community Church. Can you tell me what it is? I know it was already up there a second ago, so... Develop authentic followers of Jesus Christ. That's what we're here to do. Can I remind you of an additional thing, and it'll come up again here in a minute. 
We don't have Coastal here for you or for me. We, have, we are here at Coastal Community Church in Gloucester for the other 40,000 people that live here, okay? Now, some of them are already engaged in churches, already believers, I know that, but there are lots of people here that don't yet know Jesus. That's why we're here. We're here as a missional campus. We're not here to just replace a larger auditorium. We're here to reach this community for Christ and to develop authentic followers of Jesus Christ. Now, before we flip these up here, what are our three things? How do we do this? Connect, grow, serve. We connect to God and to each other through corporate worship. It's important that you be here on Sunday mornings to worship God together. You worship all week long, or you should. We worship together in our small groups and things like that, but we need to be here in corporate worship. We grow together in community through small groups. We have, I think, six current small groups out here in Gloucester, and we have several, a couple of more small group leaders. We could quickly increase that. We need you in a small group. That's where you get connected to people. As we continue to grow, you're going to find you'll have more and more people here that you won't know, and you won't be able to get to know all of them. Connect to God. Grow in community and serve in a ministry and a mission. We want you to serve, which I've just talked about, in ministries here at Coastal and in a mission. We support a variety of mission outreaches. I just mentioned VBJI this morning. That's one of them, the Peninsula Rescue Mission, others that are relatively local to us. And we send mission, people on mission trips all the time throughout the spring and summer months. We've already been to Thailand and Bolivia this year. We're headed to, or to Honduras. I guess Thailand and Honduras. We're headed to Bolivia shortly. We're going, there's just all sorts of great stuff happening. And uh, we want you to be invested in serving God. Not an audience, an army. And why are we doing it? The end of verse 27, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. I've already tipped my hand on it. We are here to, to promote the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ on the Middle Peninsula. If we're just coming here because we like the music or we just like hanging out in a smaller group or we just, whatever reason, we're here for the wrong reason. We are here, we're here to stage the army so that we can spread out and take on the enemies of the gospel, specifically Satan and his hordes. By the way, you, you realize that everybody that's not part of the church is not the enemy, right? They're not the enemy. Satan's the enemy, and we're here to, to fight him with the gospel and reach people for Christ, okay? Stand together, serve together, rather. Participate together, serve together. And then the last part that'll, that'll make this easier, except this isn't the easiest part, and that is we need to prefer each other. Philippians chapter 2 now, the first few verses. So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. That's unity. 
Those four things are so significant. When Jesus prayed what is called the high priestly prayer in John 17, he prayed to God and said, I pray that these, my followers, would be perfectly one. We say that when a a couple gets married, they become one flesh. You know that when we become part of a church, there is a sense in which we become one. We think the same way. We have the same mindset. Like a husband and wife who've been together for years and years and years. That They they hardly even have to finish a a sentence because the other knows what they're thinking. Because they've grown to think so much alike. Having the same love, loving the same things, in other words, having the same priorities and loving each other. Being of one soul, which we already talked about. You know, it would be really cool. I thought about sitting up here and, and, uh, you know, playing a little. But it would be uh, not composition, but probably decomposition if I did it. uh, Because I cannot play a keyboard and I can't make those notes fit together. My wife is really good at that. Obviously, many of our team here are really good at at their, well, all of our team is good at the instruments that they play. I don't want to make that sound wrong. Uh, Because they know how the notes go together. Being of one soul is like being a, a choir that's playing off the same sheet of music. And of one mind, unity of purpose. We've already talked about that. Then verse three, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. So we have, first of all, some sinful attitudes that will destroy uh, humility. The first is selfish ambition. Called rivalry. It is a it's a party spirit. Churches are being torn apart or wasting away to nothing because people have their own agenda and refuse to get on board and follow the leaders that God has put in their midst. Churches are falling apart and being destroyed because of that. Because I have an opinion and I want my opinion to be listened to and I think my opinion is important and I think it should be heard. I have a right to my opinion. You do have a right to your opinion, but that doesn't mean you have a right to make sure everybody else hears your opinion or to have your opinion followed. That is not an inherent right. Hold all the opinions you want. Offer them in humility and we're good. Offer them with selfish ambition in an attempt to get people on your side And you have violated the spirit of humility that Paul's talking about. Or conceit. I think the King James translated this word vainglory. It literally means empty glory. It means you want applause for things you don't deserve applause for. You want people to think highly of you. You want the applause of men. You're in a state of pride that has no basis. Those things destroy humility. There's a simple assessment here that develops humility in my life and in my thinking. Count others more significant than yourselves. Humble thinking is just simply 
my recognizing my littleness. We're not taught this in our culture. We're, in our culture, we're not taught to say, I'm small. We're taught to say, I'm worth whatever the commercial thinks I'm worth. We're taught to think that I'm valuable, I'm important, I count for something. The Bible says I'm to, in humility, in littleness, I'm to consider others more important. This isn't, humility isn't just thinking less of myself, it's not just reducing my opinion. Humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. It's spending less time thinking about you. And in that kind of frame, in, in, with humble thinking, I am to consider others more important, more significant than myself. I'm to look at them, I'm to evaluate them, and I'm to come to the conclusion this person is more significant than me. Do you think that would affect your marriage? See, my wife's back in children's ministry, so... She can't elbow me when I say that. If I were to look at my wife every day, we get up, I look at her, and the first thing I do is take an evaluation, and I say, this woman is more significant than me. I wonder what that would do to, to my marriage. And, and if she would do the same thing to me. See, it's not, a, it's not a matter of coming to the conclusion because this person over here actually is more significant. You come to church... And you, you evaluate your brothers and sisters that sit here with you and you say to yourself, these people are more significant than I am. Not because they inherently are, but because that's how you view them. You understand the distinction? We're, we're so worried about analyzing it and coming to the right conclusion. The conclusion is, I treat everyone as though they're more significant than me. Of surpassing value is the word. So that's how I can then, verse 4, look not only to my own interests, but also the interests of others. That's how I can say, you know what? I'd really just as soon show up to church and hear some great music and listen to a good sermon and head home and, you know, beat the Methodist to the restaurant. I don't know, because we get out earlier. I don't know. But a humble mindset says... I'm going to come in and I'm going to serve because these young parents are more significant than me and I want their minds off of their kids so they can sit and worship or whatever the particular ministry is. Humility, littleness of mind, unity and humility are so desperately important. Let me give you a couple of thoughts to take with you to hopefully wrap it up. Are you praying and giving to see the work of God expand on the Middle Peninsula. Is that what you're here to do? Are you participating? Are you prayerful? And are you, are you financially committed? Are you participating together in the work of the ministry of Coastal Community Church as we expand here on the Middle Peninsula? I hope you are. Where have you volunteered to serve at the Gloucester campus. Where have you volunteered to serve here? Who's more important here? You or everybody else? Now, of course, I realize that if every one of us answered those last two questions, that last question correctly, 
then everybody would treat everybody like everybody was more important than they were. You know the biggest argument we'd have at church? No, I want to serve in the nursery. Get out of my way. I want to come clean the toilets. Who's more important here? You or your brothers and sisters that have assembled here to worship God with you? We are in this together because none of us can do this alone. It can't be done. We can't do children's ministry with just a couple of people. We can't park with just one or two people. It's going to require when we go to two services in the fall. Listen, the plan is September 9th. Our official launch of Coastal Community Church Gloucester is to start with two services. We're going to need all told about 90 to 100 people to staff two services once a month in all of these ministries. So if we have 125 here, y'all just need to sign up because some of you are going to get sick and miss church once in a while, all right? So we need everybody. Don't just sit there and think, oh, there's a bunch of people. Maybe 30 of them will sign up. No, I need 90. Okay? This is exciting stuff. You are in on the ground floor of seeing what God's going to do to expand his kingdom through the ministry of Coastal Community Church on the Middle Peninsula. Uh, my, my personal plan and goal and vision is that we're going to have two services and outgrow this building anyway. Because I believe God wants to do something serious here. And I just want to have a part in that. I don't know about you, but I want to have a part. I don't, I don't want to just show up and watch it happen. I want to be part of making it happen. We've got to do it together. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you for these folks here who are, who are here, and so many of them, Lord, are already involved. I'm really grateful. We've got probably 40 or 50 people already that have committed themselves in various ways to be part of what's happening here at, at uh, Coastal Community Church out in Gloucester, and uh, I'm thankful for them. And for others, Lord, that are here, that are maybe just checking us out, maybe just getting used to being here, Lord, I pray that you would just prompt all of us to evaluate, is there something else I can do? Is there something more I can do to participate together, to watch the work of God and the kingdom of God expand here on the Middle Peninsula? Lord, thank you for the privilege we have of partnering with one another to accomplish your will and your work. Lord, we, we offer our time and our talents and our treasure to you uh, just uh, in the prayer that you will do wonderful things for your glory here in the Middle Peninsula. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>